Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the IB Network. I am your host and the commission, the founder, whatever, uh, R.C. Carlton, and I am joined by my friend and fellow movie, I don't know if I'm a movie buff anymore because I've kind of slacked up, but I'm definitely a comic book buff person, liker, whatever you want to call it, but I, <laughs> Sam How, how are you today, Sam? I am doing well, still adjusting to the time change, uh, not doing great with that. <laughs> yeah, I, I got, I left work at five o'clock and I was like, how the hell did I leave work? How the hell is it five o'clock, you know? And obviously yeah. the time change, so that, that that hurt me too. But something I did go see over the weekend, I uh, finally saw the Batman. I don't know if you've been seeing it because you've kind of been in and out, but I have been very negative leading up to this movie. Um, and I know I, I just didn't like the look, the people that liked it. I didn't really like their sensibilities, really. It was kind of like the people, the more pretentious people were really excited about it. And for as much (laughs) you aren't, you're like nerdy about it and nerdy about your knowledge, but you're not as pretentious as like the the watch crowd. That, that, you know, those kind of people, Joe, as much as I love him with movies and stuff, he could be a little pretentious with his directors and all that kind of stuff. Um, you're more like a fan of certain directors and things like that and certain things, and you know a lot. But so anyway, uh, I went into it, but I said, I'm going to give it an open mind and I'm going to be as fair as I possibly can. And I liked it overall. What did you think? I liked it. I kind of acknowledged that, I, I, we said this before it started, but uh, the first, the, the Chinese theater, which is the one with the handprints in front of it, really famous, has laser IMAX. So it's in 4K IMAX. It's actual IMAX dimensions, all this stuff. Uh, first movie that I'd seen there since the rise of Skywalker. And it was the first one that I got to see without a mask on. So like, it started to feel back to normal. And I feel like I, I liked it. I had issues with it, definitely. And I think we had some of the same issues. Like, I don't know any movie that needs to be three hours at this point. Like, just there's no justification for really people is. can get to... And they didn't come close to justifying it either, by the way. No, no, you could have easily, you know, it, it, I was of the opinion with the Zack Snyder movies, which were just like entirely too long that, that I, you know, where I was like, well, they cut those and they, they were incoherent once they cut them. A little better with the Batman because I was like, listen, if you're gonna approve, you know, if you're gonna approve a, a you know, 180 page script, show a 180 page script. But you, you absolutely could have cut, like, tightened this way up. Um, there was a lot that I liked about it, though. I thought that you know there was a lot made of the darkness, but I actually thought that it was a lot less. Like, there were a lot more moments that were funny that felt real that didn't feel like studio notes than the Snyder movies like not to bash the Snyder movies but mm-hmm. this felt a lot less relentlessly serious than the Snyder movies it's serious in a different way though I don't know I mean the tone didn't allow for that much humor um it definitely was dark I feel like it was the darkest Batman movie I've seen 
I didn't feel any moments of happiness when I watched it. Not necessarily that you should feel any moments of happiness when you watch some kind of Batman movie, but and I like dark, but it really didn't hit me. I don't know. I I, I kind of see what you're saying, but and maybe it was the th- it depends on the theater that you're at. I I like like I said I I said it on the page. I love the first half of the movie. I thought it was all and it wasn't quite half to this. I really thought it was half perfect until I saw Zoe is Catwoman. And I have issues with that. We can get to that later. But I thought that first half was perfect. I was skeptical of the recluse Bruce Wayne. And some of that is a problem in the movie. But in the context, that's okay. Um, I was skeptical of what Pattinson could do. And he was great as Batman. He was one of the best Batman I've ever seen. And I believe, I haven't checked it, but if I was guessing or looking, he had the least amount of dialogue of any Batman ever. He's not saying a lot, especially in the costume. I thought thought that one thing that, and some of my criticism of this will depend on the sequel, uh, which not entirely fair, but if if you're looking, because supposedly this is a trilogy and I kind of hate that because like you should make a movie that stands alone, even if it's a trilogy. But I thought that he did a really good job with what he was given. What you were saying about being Batman. But one thing that was interesting was that he felt like the first guy since maybe Clooney or Kilmer, those movies, where he, like, Bale got in really good shape. And Pattinson, like, was not, like, ripped out. Like, he was in good shape. Yeah. Yeah. But he was not, like... He's very lean and very... And and two, it kind it almost makes sense because when you're younger, you tend to be more lean. And this was year two, you're a younger man, so it kind of made more sense. It's harder and harder to put on those bulk. I mean, you don't see a lot of twenty two year olds that are like bulky. It takes mm-hmm. time. You develop the more of the manly layers the older you get, and then of course you can't make any layers eventually. But uh, I, I thought they did a really good job of showing the majesty of Batman. Uh, when the car is upside down after the penguin chase, there are a couple of that first fight when you just see Batman coming and everybody in Gotham's like, oh shit. So they did a really good job of that. His voice was really good. Uh, there was mm-hmm. the, only, the only criticism I probably have of the whole Nolan trilogy, definitely Christian Bale, his Batman voice was horrible. And oh, see, I, that's one of my favorite things is because, like, the whole thing in the comics is, is that he changes, and especially after the Clooney Batman, where he was uh-huh. like, he frees, I'm Batman. It's like, <laughs> oh, bro. Like, you, like, why wouldn't everyone be like, oh, you sound exactly like the very distinctive billionaire <laughs> whose parents were killed. It I, could I, change I without sounding like, like, he sounds like the parody of Batman they do on Funny and Die and all that. It, mm. He really sounds like that. So that's what I struggle with the most, that I just never liked Bale's voice. I thought it was goofy um, and so raspy. And this was more of a low, intimidating. And I didn't think I would like the voiceovers with Pattinson, but I really did. And I thought, at first I was like, I think this is a cheap trick, but I ended up liking it. I ended up liking it a lot. I thought the movie peaked with the sequence where he, like, I kind of pushed my chips in on the movie when he uh leaves like when the the scene in gotham pd where he like punches gordon 
and mm-hmm. uses the the grappling hook to get out of there, and then the chase on the penguin. I was like, okay, like you have me moving. I mean, penguin chase was good. I struggled with the uh, the police escape, but let's go to what we liked. We both talked about Pattinson. Uh, what was something that you really liked or stood out for you when you watched it? For he, for me, it was like the physicality of him. Like, there's that first scene where he is in the mayor's office, where he just looks like I I can't quite explain it if it's his eyes or just the way that he's carrying himself, where he's so tightly wound that you got why he doesn't want to kill, like why the no kill rule is so important because he's right on that edge where he's just ready to beat up every cop in there. Like he just looks ready to kill, and it, it's the first time I was like, oh, that's why. And I thought that he did a really good job with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I thought that too. Um, some people say that it really looked like Gotham. I almost thought it just depends on your Gotham, but I almost thought it was like too gritty for for Gotham. I mean, a lot of times they say Metropolis is is New York in the day, and Gotham is New York at night. And I mean, there are sections of Gotham that are pretty sketchy, obviously. But there's also a lot of money in Gotham, so it shouldn't mm-hmm. look just, uh, totally like a slum, you know? It, it, it looked dirty. That was... It, yeah, in a yeah, way I'm that like, even that's Americans, too much. But even the way think... that American cities don't look anymore. Like, that yeah. was like an 80s thing. I think you and I are old enough to remember when you... Yeah, they definitely life. did. There was a renewal, and they cleaned up, and Richmond was like that, and just all the cities became more clean, and they push trash pick up harder and like, the only time new york could look like that is if there's some kind of strike or something you know so yeah it was a little too much for me i know everybody thinks of gotham but that's like the bad part of gotham like it has a lot like all these billionaires wouldn't be running around and the mob guys that are rich aren't going to nasty looking places the club you know uh i was like ah but uh so yeah, I, I struggled with that, but I thought overall the mood was really good. Um, the mood, the tone, it was good for Batman. Um, it's kind of what you want from Batman, and even so, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy that part of it. The the one thing I thought was was that there's kind of the be careful what you wished for, where there it felt very much like the post crisis comic books. Like, it felt very much like a Scott Snyder or... It did. Uh, it, it, and I, but I thought that, like, that doesn't always translate on screen. Like, the, the re, I've rewatched the animated, the DC animated universe, and, like, I forgot how much I liked that Gotham. From, oh, it's, like, the, it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. It's everything. Oh, everything. The, that, that universe is probably is better than even what I think. The Nolan verse, I think that is even slightly better than that. Um, I, I there, there's a mixture, and, I, and and the thing I'm struggling with, we we're supposed to be talking about what we liked, but the thing I struggle with with Batman movies and DC in general, but Batman is specifically, there's a mixture of there's darkness, but there's light, there's hope. Everybody says, "Oh, let it be dark, let it be dark, let it be dark." But there's a zany Batman that I don't appreciate, but that does exist out there. And I would never say do that, but I, I would like to see a Batman world where Harley Quinn can exist. Yeah. I, I, I would like to see 
a world where maybe the ventriloquist guy from the anime series can exist or poison ivy with the powers can exist you know uh i i would like to see those worlds but they make it so realistic and so ground hero based that you can't he still is living in a in the comics he's living in a world of enhanced people yeah. But they in the movies they've gone away from that to try to make it as realistic as possible. And I think I'm tired of seeing if Batman was really in the real world. Well, that was one thing that like this did have a moment of like where I kind of had to make sure that I kicked this out of my brain because it would have you know really hurt the movie. Was that all of this stuff? Like I was talking about with a friend that I saw it with about the Riddler and how like he has this costume that's very it's like based on the Zodiac Killer but that so much of it is not comic book based and like very much real world. Like you said, that we forget that Batman's a guy in a bat suit. Like <laughs> that, that there yeah, is. A, yeah. It, 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 is that like, there's a point where you're like, okay, I get that you're trying to ground us in the real world, but you have something that is intrinsically not of that world. And it can, if you think about it too long, it can take you out of it. Like, had the Joker be a dude with a with a cane and a bowler hat? Like he does not have to wear the Zodiac Killer's outfit. Like I get it, and I get why they did it, and it worked. But at the same time, like it 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 was not. I I, it, I had a moment where I had to be like, don't think about this, or else it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> and you had mentioned something on the site, and before we started talking, or in the notes, uh, that I saw and I liked. But I didn't like, you know, how it was something you 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 like it, but you don't really think it. And then when somebody brings it up, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And that was Pattinson really being, if Batman really has two rules, give or take, that's consistent in the comics, that's not killing and not using guns. And mm-hmm. he, he talked about both of those in the movie, which I like, but especially the no kill rule. He, he Pattinson was good at that. Mm-hmm. Or the script was. Yeah, I, and I thought I was not like I've n- not seen the uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, so like I was a little like uh, going into this. That was the guy who did them, and I was pleasantly surprised. You know, I I would I would put this up there. I I uh, I initially I I was when they cast Paul Dano because like his career has sort of been playing just like weirdos. Mm. Like he he was uh or, or like. I guess weird is a good way to put it. And at first, his version of the Riddler, I was like, oh, like, just kind of like he was threatening, but not like I like I kind of rolled my eyes at him initially, and I he kind of came around on it where I was like, well, yeah, like he's kind of a dork, and he's like he he's theatrical, and all this stuff is yes, very much what a serial killer would be like. Uh, yeah. uh which kind of made sense i i thought and like some of his like i thought that the the video that he makes where uh he inspires the riddler copycats initially i was like oh like not great paul not great like that was the take you guys used and i kind of came yeah, around on it that was tough but but it also felt like and some of that is is that if you're grounding this in reality, I was able to buy it because of that. But it was like, maybe we can have it be a little more hyper real, guys. Like, it can be a little stylized. Yeah, I I struggled with the Riddler. Um, I struggled with that. I struggled with 
I'm not sure I could be that happy with the Riddler as the main villain of a because it's just not somebody you take seriously. And they went over the top to make him serious. And but at the end of the day, he's telling Riddle, he's trying to get you to solve riddles to do a crime. Like, not only has that been done a million times if you make him a serial killer, but it's kind of goofy. And I think they did as good as you could with it. There were moments where I really liked it. Um the ending was intriguing, but at the end of the day, the Riddler reminds me too much of a knockoff Joker. And the darker you make him, the more to me he's always been a knockoff Joker. Uh, have you seen the Punisher Warzone, the the last Punisher movie before? With, it's been a uh, while, but yes. The the it, it's very <laughs> Thomas James. You don't see this, huh? Thomas Yeah, James? no, no, no. It's not Thomas James. The one after that. I have to think about. It. I'm sure I've seen it. I've seen every Punisher movie in the theater, but the, this was the one that like people like people thought was deadly serious. And it was like a, anyway. The reason why I bring it up is is that uh, Jigsaw's brother is a guy named Looney Bin Jim, and that was kind of what I felt like the Joker was mm-hmm. was like the, that scene where I was like, oh, this is not oh, and that was the the biggest failing for me was that like these scenes that really could have been like punch the air moments the the interrogation scene like the the stuff that he did better than Nolan I thought that the like the visual action like that was always the downfall to me was that Nolan was not a great like physical like and some of it was the time was it was a lot of like that Matt Damon uh born identity shaky cam very handheld and this was much more like the scene on the train platform where he beat where Bruce beats up all of those gang members uh even the uh the the cars the car chase based on to live and die in la that we talked about uh i really that i loved i thought was just like really they did a good job because it's so dark and so rainy that you can lose track of a sense of motion and a sense of where people are tired of the rain boy that was an idea they overused yeah i was like the other thing that i thought was like it had to be miserable to shoot yeah, like with it raining all or with all of how that water. Days, what like, was the timeline of this? Like, how many days was it raining? I didn't know about Gotham was rainy like that. I didn't know it was Seattle. <laughs> the that I, I feel like it rained the entire. Yes. Well, I mean, it explains the flood at the end because all of that rain. Well. But I, I thought that the like the direction, like that action stuff, was good. But I thought that there are a couple moments that like they wanted to draw you and like. Uh, just unfortunately we're going to draw comparisons to the the nolan movies and it was very it's very hard to top the interrogation scene from the dark knight and it the scene like where he and the joker are talking where where riddler and joker are talking i was like oh i'm not very excited for this version of the joker like where he's like you know telling him riddles and i just like (laughs) i've seen enough of the joker over the last like 30 years uh, I realized recently that there's only been one more live-action Batman than live-action Joker. Maybe give him a break. I've ne- I'll never get tired of the Joker, but I think the end of this movie, and it had 10 endings, diminished. So if you say automatically after your one villain is done and you bring the Joker in next, you're basically saying all this was just child's play. And well, I think 
but I think that was kind of the message. I think that the idea was, was that the, 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 you know, there was talk about the long Halloween and that was, I think kind of what they were doing, which is that the, the era of the mob is over in Gotham. It's now the costume killers. And and I could see that, but I don't know. It, 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 it also, it, I mean, it's the same ending as Batman Begins where he gave the card, but that was much more subtle where the Joker didn't appear. So it didn't It didn't make it feel like, okay, now the set, I, I like a tease that doesn't tell me that the first movie was a waste of time. And I felt like the Joker coming in, everybody knowing who the Joker is as a topper, it, it diminished what I just saw. Uh, but what else did you enjoy before we get to the bad stuff? Uh, I really liked the, I, I, I thought they did a good job with the Riddler because I agree with you about the Joker. And I, I think that about him being like feeling like a knockoff Joker, like the Jim Carrey character version of the Riddler is like basically just the Joker. And I, yeah. I thought that they did a good In job green. of like the, it's I, but I thought he's a Romero Joker kind of. <laughs> Like I still love, I still love that he never shaved his mustache. But I, I thought the the this Riddler was like, if you're gonna do it, it made sense. I also liked the influences that it took. Like I thought that the the stuff of him being a serial killer, I thought the sort of the corruption, the Chinatown uh, stuff, you know, the neo noir feel, I thought was not. Like it, it didn't feel over the top to me. Like it didn't feel like they were, they were like, oh, we're doing Chinatown, but it's Gotham. And, yeah. and I, I, I thought that that was like one of the better things that I can say about it. The feel of the movie definitely gets an A because you got the feel. You could, you could. There was this foreboding and this underneath the surface. Like I felt like there was just something there more so than most superhero movies the present the movie had a presence and a feel to it that most superhero movies don't and i think it's the first they spoke about gotham and again this is my favorite trilogy probably and i love the nolan movies and i love nolan before that i loved him before that but they talked about gotham a lot but as cliche as it is gotham really was a character in this movie Mm-hmm. And um, whereas they just talk, they talked about fighting for the heart of Gotham, but it could have been any other city in the Nolan verse. But this was what they believed Gotham was, and it is close to what Scott Snyder, who you know, incredible writer or good, I don't know about incredible, but very good. That's kind of what he does with Gotham as well. So I, I, I did appreciate that. Um, gotta get I to just- the negative. Just uh, one last thing that I like, because I know we have a lot of negatives. Um, I very much am excited about what they do next. Um, I think that it's going to be a, like, I, I think that there are a lot of imperfections and we'll get to what they didn't do right. But I think that they did enough. They did enough. They think there's a lot that was done wrong. But I thought there was enough done right that it made me excited for what they'll do next and hopefully learn from their mistakes. I left and I said, yep, I'll go see the next one. So whatever they did, it worked because I'm like, oh, well, I'll see the next one. See what they're going to do with the Joker. What's the interpretation of that? Um, and the cast is really good. I, 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 I enjoyed that. I didn't say that, but the cast is good. And I didn't talk about Colin Farrell as a penguin. Fantastic. A really good he interpretation of the penguin. Uh, I, thought, I thought this reminded me of the show Gotham a little bit too much. And I tapped out of that show 
and it was never bad, but I just tapped out because it wasn't my style and the addition of the villains and prequels of famous superheroes can be problematic because you're changing the lore, which pissed me off. I barely survived Smallville and there wasn't as much superhero content back then. Like I pretty much was devoted to watching every Superman show 20 years ago. I was devoted to watching anything Superman that came on. Now, you know, I'm a whole season behind with Lois and Clark and that was a good show. Not Lois and Clark. Lois and Superman. I know what you're talking about. Uh, Superman and Lois. Superman I and Lois, yeah. yeah. Might as well be Lois and Clark. But so I got this from a review on manofmany.com. I thought it was good. You can react to it. I'm going to read it. Uh, watching the Batman, you quickly realize that the very best part of the superhero isn't the hero himself. It's Bruce Wayne. The stark contrast between night and day holds a mirror to these to the twin personalities of the tortured protagonist forced to fake smiles and shake hands for nepotism's sake. The Batman isn't quite able to find a balance that actually acknowledges both sides. Further, the somewhat uninspired dialogue hamstrings Pattinson into a one-dimensional performance that sees his moody grunge Bruce Wayne act nigh on exactly the same as his moody grunge Batman. It seems almost strange to critique a dark and desolate film for his lack of color, but the Batman feels short on that point. I think because they didn't build up Bruce Wayne enough, the movie lacked the soul and it lacked heart to me. I think you and Joe disagree with that a little bit, though. This is one where it's a criticism that I'm going to come back to, where it depends on the second movie. If this is if this is just the characterization that they're going to do for the entire trilogy, 100% with you. Is that you, I thought, you know, I've talked about why I love Bale and his Bruce Wayne so much, but it's basically that you would never guess that he is Batman. Like, he's basically Scott Disick in that universe. Yeah. And he's, you know, the scene where he comes in and he buys the restaurant and he's swimming in the fountain is so great. Whereas with this, like there, and I, I can't believe, I, I believe that this scene was probably shot, but cut and I could be wrong. There's the moment where Alfred is where Bruce is like, wait, the Wayne, you know, Wayne enterprises trustees are coming here. He's like, yeah. Cause you wouldn't go there. Like I kind of wanted to see him interact with those people. Yeah. Like, I was like, well, why didn't that happen? Yeah. That would have been good. And, and I know the excuse is uh, he's a recluse and all that, but, and that he's growing, but he's also a billionaire and he has a lot of privilege. And I know, you know, he's devastated by the loss of his parents. Thank God we didn't see Thomas and Martha actually die again. But Bruce Wayne, traditionally, every superhero, you need a balance in the alter ego and and the secret identity or or however you want to say it. You need a balance. And I didn't think it was very balanced. There wasn't enough Bruce Wayne. And the, the weakness I saw, Pattinson, one of the reasons why I liked him because I don't think he's going to make... I always, more than any other movie, I always, or superhero, I judge Batman by the ability to play Bruce Wayne and Batman because they're so different. Superman and Clark mm-hmm. aren't that different. Peter Parker and Spider-Man aren't that different. But Bruce Wayne and Batman are decidedly different. Now, if you do the Clark as goofy, you know, that can be different. But still, it's not that different because, you know, he's a farm boy, oh shucks, you know, kind of guy. But there's a big like I thought George Clooney was a great Bruce Wayne couldn't get a better Bruce Wayne but I mean look at the other shit so I I do think it's important 
that you have to build up the the normal life of the person. And, and I, even if you're reclusive, like that was the, you know, we've often heard about how we've been told how important Bruce Wayne is. I feel like this movie showed us. And so what they need to do in the next one in order to not make this, you know, that this becomes much more of a, a harsher retroactive criticism is you can be reclusive and not be like, because there are a lot of, recl- like we see this, most billionaires the, these days are like awkward weirdos. Like that's fine. You could be an awkward weirdo, but like, you know, have him be like, he comes out in the public as this like rock star type guy. And, and I agree with you is that there's not enough of a difference. Like if you have him being sort of a, a dumb, you know, goofy fail son in the next couple, you know, where, where yeah. he's sort of overseeing this and he's kind of oblivious and you can rectify it. But if they don't, no, I mean, that's a really... He's also the Prince of Gotham. He's also... It's hard to be reclusive and everybody knows who the hell you are every time you've ever gone out in public. Like, mm-hmm. they, they make a note to say, it's still Bruce Wayne, it's the Prince of Gotham, Falcone knows him. Like, it doesn't fit with... And they didn't, they didn't make the case that he was running for his fame. So I, I struggle with someone not having any social skills yet you're the best of everything. You probably went to rich schools. Everybody knows you. And just if nothing else, the entitlement and the elitism of being rich would allow you to. And that's where Alfred was really weak. Not the actor, because he was great, but Alfred's role was weak and their relationship was kind of weak. Cause he because the other ones the other ones, he chides Bruce a lot about manners and appearances, and making the family look good. So you wouldn't really be able to be a recluse because you were keeping on the family traditional name. You know That part, I didn't think it fit. That that hurt to me. But even, and, and it even goes into like, I had not thought of this until you brought it up, but like, aren't people like, hey, what's this billionaire doing? Like, he's not really working. He's not like, yeah. he's yeah, not yeah, seeing, that, that, like, that's also, it wouldn't be smart to be a recluse if you're gonna be the fucking Batman, that's why. But like, that's why he's showy like that. But even if you're reclusive, like if you look at somebody who, like Johnny Depp, now is kind of like that, where he's he's not out around town, but he like has his girlfriend who's there with him. Like he, and so it's kind of like humans need human contact. Yeah, yeah. What is Bruce doing like that? At that that age, was one of those at that age too. Like maybe yeah, you're a like, seventy year old man, you can be that you know you can do that, but it's hard in your twenties to just sit there. You're like, uh, I don't have any needs for women or anything. I just train. Yeah. But um, and they did a reclusive Batman in uh, with, with the third one, The Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight he Rises. was reclusive, and I didn't like that either. But at least there was a reason, and I feel like it was played a little bit better. But another thing I really struggled with was a couple of absurd scenes. I thought the water scene. I I, t- I said on the uh, on the page. I said it was supposed to be this Titanic kind of thing where the dams burst or broke and or the levees broke, and then all he had to do was wade in the water and save everybody, save the mayor, and save the kid. So I was a little. Look, it didn't seem like the threat. Not like he he went. It was so deep that he dove down from the top, didn't kill himself went down in the water, came back up, but then just walked 
over. <laughs> that's like, I'm sorry. This must have been the deep end of the Gotham. Yeah, Square yeah. Garden. I guess that was the deep end because that, and I also compared it to the the bricks that killed the Lannisters. I don't think you ever saw. I don't know if you've ever finished watching it, but there weren't enough bricks to kill Cersei and Jaime, and that I tried to ignore it, but it was pretty bad. Like the roof collapsed, and there were like twenty bricks. It wasn't a lot to kill two people. <laughs> It, it that it, this ties into like one of my issues with it which is that it feels like matt reeves wanted to make this movie that was very grounded and very small and then they were like bro you're making a fucking tentpole superhero movie like we need a big action sequence yeah and it, it's so out of proportion to the story that he's been telling that yeah. it's really jarring and, and it did feel that was, it, yeah it was like i i don't know about you I, I am, and I know I'm in the minority because the Marvel movies are still making billions of dollars, but I am so bored by those third act action set pieces. Well, I am too, but DC does them so poorly that I appreciate the way Marvel does them. And we're not talking about <laughs> this movie, but the normal DC yeah. movies in the DCU or whatever they call it, it they're so bad because there's always a monster with no soul that I appreciate the Marvel, but it is predictable and old and, and tiresome. But good lord dc is so bad at the th- those things so i at least appreciate that marvel can do them well for what they are they just shouldn't be done every single movie you make make them matter and i this ties in and i think you the, this goes into the length but i thought that the movie just from the moment that the riddler that they go into that apartment of his i feel like the movie like that whole thing in the coffee shop feels like a trailer thing where they're like we need this for the trailer where he has the the cappuccino with the the question mark on it because that's gonna be a great trailer scene but it is not like and and i i i didn't you know that this movie like i don't it, it didn't do a great job of explaining why he like did he want to get caught like do you know could you answer that if he wanted to get caught in that moment when he gets caught at the end, or is yeah, that an act? Like he did, but it's so ambiguous. The after that, from that moment that he got caught, it became really ambiguous whether he knows, which I hadn't even thought of, whether he because it was I was tired because I've been in the movie for almost three hours. I had been in the movies for three hours. You count the trailers, but at the end, when Batman comes to visit him, and if he knows he's Bruce Wayne or not, that was ambiguous. It was ambiguous if he wanted to get caught or not. It was kind of weird towards it. And also, maybe I'm dumb, but why why does he think Batman was helping him? Like what? I, that I took as a that like that was kind of the serial killer delusion. Like some of this is that there's stuff where if you know, like <laughs> I, I'm interested in serial killers. Um, and, and that I thought was kind of like him getting caught was kind of an homage to that is that most serial killers don't get caught because of detective work. They get caught because like the serial killer slips on the banana peel and the mm. cops are like, Oh, clearly it's you. Um, but I, I thought that the, that he thought Bru- that he had deluded himself and had this like idea. Uh, he had this, this relationship that he had built up in his mind with Bruce Wayne and Batman and thought that they were working together and he was so insane that he was like taking these these clues that weren't there and that's why he has that breakdown is because he realizes that he was reading it wrong and that this this everything has gone the way that he wanted it to up to this point 
And the most important thing is, is that Batman, you know, accepts him and takes him in as a partner. And he's like, no, you're fucking insane. I don't want anything to do with you, you know? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. And, but that so really was. He was, he was. Do you think he figured it out? I, again, I, one, he says at one point that it doesn't matter who's Bruce Wayne, who's Batman. And so I, I feel like he does, but he doesn't care. Like, because that's, he doesn't think that's who it really is. Well, that's a and, Snyder, that's a Snyder thing. To, well, that's not just Snyder, but there, there's a, uh, I believe. That was the Joker. Like, that literally is yeah, the Joker. Yeah, exactly. In the uh, Death in the Family or Death of the Family, I think I believe it is, which is no. great. If you haven't read that, you need to read that. It's one of the best Joker stories in the last 20 years. But basically, the Joker, like, hangs on to the bat boat or whatever the hell it is or whatever and makes his way to the cave and batman has like proof that maybe he made it to the cave no it was no what was that it's that ambiguous was it. but it also it was he saw him somehow he felt like batman knew he felt like the joker just didn't want to know like he, it yeah, was he obvious that he should have known but he didn't want to know because it just it would ruin it he didn't care and 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 the comic book has addressed many times that Bruce Wayne is a disguise, but they didn't even make him a disguise. So that that's one of the weaknesses of the movie too. I think that, um, and maybe he's learning. But I I need a full movie, you know, learn something else. Shit, like <laughs> <laughs> that's not what you need to learn. Like we need to know that the the secret identity is important. That should be yeah. That should be uh-huh. like Peter Parker figured that out at sixteen. So I feel like <laughs> you should be able to realize that you can't do this shit without some normal life um another thing that bothered me and i don't have it down but and and i love his i love the rendition of commissioner gordon and he was black yay but when half this movie was a buddy cop movie between commissioner gordon and batman that's not how any of this works i I didn't really and that's another like there are things that if you think about them too long they kind of like like Gordon not being commissioners where they're like, wait a minute, like why are they allowing him? Still? He just yeah. said, hey guys, let me talk to him. And first of all, the other thing that was absurd too, not the punch, but the fact that A, he didn't die when something blew up right in his face. I don't know how great the bat suit is, but damn, it survives explosions too. But but he got knocked out. No cop, they took him to the police station. No cop thought to unmask him before that and he woke up when he got the mask and then he was able to escape and fly off the roof and being a, as corrupt as the gcpd is not just to know but like wouldn't you think they'd want to take a picture and sell it yes like, there's no way he gets out of there without being unmasked and that wouldn't be the first time right there when he got blown up he would have gotten they would have took his mask off and gord and like <laughs> I don't, I don't it's that that was that was really weird and then the, he he was like a flying squirrel off the roof i just thought <laughs> that we lost some of the and then patrick said oh he had a parachute dude it was like a little glider and a yeah it was a he, it's a it's a it, it literally is a flying it the i i have to admit i started Tight laughing man. the the one he I thought that like it was a nice touch to be like he's not quite the yeah the that part was okay screen. when he fell that made sense. Yeah, I just, he's but not quite there yet. Can somebody do that? Like, I don't even know. Not when I mean, you're doing a realism movie that 
I didn't like that. Like that whole scene, I thought that was the weak, I thought that was the weakest part from I don't know, was it a church? Yeah, it was a church because it was a funeral. From when he blew up, which I thought it was very tense, amazing scene. But when they when the police officer blew up, he woke up, they couldn't take the mask off of him. He fought off 30 cops and they ran to the rooftop, flew away. Like that was that was it wasn't consistent with the theme. The and, and the, the flying squirrel suit was one of those where I thought was like they're doing this because it's what might happen in real life. But like we're seeing a Batman movie, we are willingly suspending our disbelief, and, and that was one of the issues that I had with the movie overall was that there were moments where it wanted you, where it kind of wanted to have its cake and eat it too. Where yeah. it wanted to be, we're being very real and very gritty. This is not but a also, superhero movie, but yes, it is. Yeah, it's like let's not look too too closely. Yeah, so and, and yeah. but yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, it was too long. I just can't. And we talked about it. It's just it needed to wrap it up. I did the, I not thought that the, the the back and forth where he goes, he finds out about uh, the he finds out like the they do basically the same information where he finds out about his parents working with the Falcones mm-hmm. or Falcones. It's pronounced both ways. I, I've heard it both ways. It is both movies. ways there. And he then goes and talks to Carmine Falcone. And then he goes and talks to Alfred, which is like, you, we absolutely could have cut out the entire well, scene. He kind of cleaned Thomas up and gave him another perspective, but should he have straight believed the mobster's rendition of it anyway? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> You didn't need it. We could have absolutely just had him go and talk to Alfred. And like that scene would have been much more powerful if he was like, Yeah, like I saw this. He killed, like, there's evidence that he killed the, the journalist. Nope. You know, like, just nope, we're going to go talk and we're just going to trust, take this mobster at face value. And we've already established, like, they had the scene at the funeral where he was like, Yeah, he stitched me up. And he, he did that because of his Hippocratic oath. And if they had then just had him interview, like if they just had him go to Alfred, and that's like a five minute sequence that we could have lost. Yeah. There's like, well, there was, there's a bunch of stuff like that. There were too many miles to feed the last 30 minutes. You had to wrap up the thing with Catwoman, which I won't even go deep into Zoe, but I, I didn't, I just thought she was just average. And honestly, you can't say this, but I think they're just praising her because she's black. Because it was just, I felt like it was just the same thing Anne Hathaway did. But I thought they had to wrap up that. They had to wrap up the Riddler storyline. They had to wrap up the mob storyline. They had to wrap up the the, the Wayne storyline and him coming at the, the Wayne family. They had to wrap up, well, they had to tease the Joker. Like, they had a lot of battles to feed, and that's why it, it went on so long. I, I told Joe, I said, it had six endings. Like, like the Lord of the I, I two like, towers. It's a bad sign when you're saying when you, when when it cuts and you're like, it's not over. Is this it? Is this it? No, that's not it. So I thought it just had too many miles to feed because it was trying to do too much. Honestly, I tapped out mentally after they caught Falcone. Like that was. I mean, I know the Riddler still needed to be caught, but and I don't know how you solve that, but. I, I was emotionally spent by then and we were deep into the movie by then as well. 
I, the thing that blew my mind is just that with a movie with all of these endings, if they had, ju- and they did, if they didn't have the button they should have had, which was Bruce giving a speech about how he's going to take back control of the renewal fund. And yeah, that's the main, that made more sense. And that's the scene. That's how you end is that you have a story that you're going to, end. that's how it's going to end. And, and, I would have been a little better with that. And like, I honestly can't even remember. Ex- oh no, no. It ends with him being like, I'll help rebuild. It's like, come on, man. Like just something that shows us that there's a little, you know, you've talked about how you need to give people hope, but like show people that you've learned that. And the movie did a good job with showing a lot, but you didn't need to, to tell at that moment. That was not the moment to go into tell mode. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it And the thing, too, and it does feel like we talk about Scott Snyder a lot. Snyder is very... Bruce has hope for Gotham. And the hope comes from his father. And they didn't put a lot of... Like, why the fuck does he care? It's not just because he's avenging his parents. It's because he has hope for Gotham. He believes in it. And this is his home. And there wasn't a lot of that they, don't, they might get to that but there wasn't a lot of that so um I, I, any any final thoughts well I, I wanted to piggyback off of that which is that i thought that they didn't do a good job of like the whole thing is that he he never wants to have another eight-year-old in that alley yeah and i didn't think that they did a good enough job of showing that and like that's why he's doing this, and that's why he has to give hope. They just showed you the kid. Do. I guess that was supposed to be enough, but that was so on the damn nose. Yeah, I was like, oh, is the mayor's son going to be Robin? Like, I, <laughs> I, I did too. I was like, maybe he's going to be Robin. I really thought that too because he's a ward. He took it. He could take him in. It's possible, but I doubt they would do that. I need a good Robin. <laughs> yeah. The the I so overall, I would say that like I would give it a B plus. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think it's worth seeing. Uh, I'm kind of I I you know it's they're they're doing so it's so weird because like I feel like a hypocrite being like oh like we have this like you know we're doing shared universes too much but it was like is this setting up a shared universe is that where we're going with this and it's supposed to be separate from everything I hear so it'd be separate from everything because and it's Batman's supposed to be in the Flash and it's not gonna be Robbie so yeah so and 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 I don't think they're going to show up. I don't think Robbie's going to show up in Peacemaker or any other. <laughs> any other I would love to see him. You know? That would be funny. I mean, but they, they, they're kind of saying Flash and Peacemaker are all in the same. This one. I don't even think there was there a reference to Metropolis. Usually no, there is. This was not all self-contained. There anything all... else? Like even in, even in Dark Knight or, or one of the big, one, maybe all three or one of them, they mentioned Metropolis. Like it's the same world that a metropolis exists, you know. The first I I listened to podcast. The first reference to a a larger shared universe was in Batman and Robin when Clooney says, "This is why Superman works alone." (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool. But yeah, I think they just mentioned it like on in passing, like on a TV station or like a there was like a command center, and they were talking about something about my but just you know brief stuff but anyway um i think we pretty surprisingly we agree on most of this but like i said 
I don't know if you need to rush out to go see it if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, but of course, you're sort of dozen spoilers. But it's definitely worth seeing, but you got to have some time on your hands. Uh- <laughs> I, I would say it's a better theater movie than a streaming just because I never pay as much attention. I'm always dicking around on my phone or my iPad. Yeah, it definitely is a better, better to see, but it's just, well, I'll say this. The urgency to see it the first week or two weeks, I don't think is needed. But no. I do. And I was scared of getting spoiled by going the second week in the buzz. And okay, th- this is the last thing we'll do, and then we'll get out here. Where do you rank it in the Batman Pantheon? I would have it behind the Nolan movies, and depending on my mood behind the 89 Batman as much because of anything uh and that's not including the animated ones which I would put yeah just a live action yeah um but but I definitely you know I I definitely would put it above the Snyder Murderverse and the the uh and the the Batman Returns Batman Forever so like I'd put it and again, with the potential to be better if the sequels are better, you know, if it's a table setter. But overall, yeah, I'd say it it's pretty, you know, on the top end of the middle. Yeah, I'd have to, I might need to look at it again. I feel like I would put it below Nolan and Burton, but it might be nostalgia. But I really like, I even like Returns a lot. Um, but it was a long time ago. Um, I could I could see if I looked at it again, read some more stuff, see some stuff I missed. I could see putting it over the Burtons, but I don't think it can touch the Nolan stuff. I heard some people saying stuff, but I don't think it can touch any of the Nolan stuff. But let's wrap it up. You and I can talk forever. Thank you for coming on the show. Everybody, make sure you subscribe, rate, uh, share everything, and we'll try to come out with some more content on the IB Network. Thanks, Sam.